Hello, everybody. Uh, once they made history, now they are history. Tagline to the movie. Really? Yeah. Pretty good tagline. Yeah. And also, time flies when you're having fun. Also, history is about to be, re be rewritten by two guys who can't spell. That's got to be the first movie, right? Yep. Yeah. I clicked on the wrong one. Because <laughs> those sound like time traveling, and this is not that. This movie does a whole other thing. Okay, but another one for this one. Yeah, yeah. It's a trip. Yeah? I, I agree, it is. Um, so this is the Macaw Podcast universe, and we cover film franchises, and we exist to prove people wrong when they say what? Sequels are never better than the originals. And here we are, we've started our Keanu Reeves conglomerate... And uh, we're kicking it off with his first series, and that is Bill and Ted. Last week we did Excellent Adventure, which we loved. <laughs> and this week we're doing Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And I think this proves our tagline. That, that, that we, sequels are never better than the originals. No, that or, we or exist. Or proved to, to people. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. because I think this one's better. Yeah. What do you think? You think it's better? I think it's oh, better. I'm not sure if it's better. I think I like it equally. Well, yeah, fine. I'll I'll grant <laughs> you that. But uh, uh, sorry to disappoint, but also I don't think that is disappointing. Yeah, uh, I I like this movie better than the first one. Why? Uh, it, it, well, at first, the first like uh, I don't know, forty minutes, I thought, oh, okay, I like you know this is still fun, but it's not as good as the first one. Uh huh. But then the movie goes so crazy. Yeah. And each time that it starts going insane, I thought, okay, this is probably the ceiling for insanity. Yeah. And then, and then two aliens fuse together to create one. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, the movie's topped out. And then there was crazy stuff that happened after that. Yeah. Which we'll get to. Yeah. So the fact that this, the, the, uh, not the arrogance, the audacity of yeah. this movie is this like... This movie is not arrogant. No. I wish more sequels would do stuff like this, where they're just like, here's the deal, guys. We're throwing everything at the wall. Mm -hmm. This is a bananas movie. Yeah. Um, But before we do that, I had I got to drop some housekeeping. You got to just hold your phone in your hand. Yeah. I, I, I got to do a bit of housekeeping for our podcast. So, uh, we cover the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's one of our main series. It's ongoing, and we cover it as the movies come out. Now, Sony owns the rights for Venom and Morbius. and, and Spider-Man. Yeah, and they've shared Spider-Man for the MCU, but, spoiler alert for those who have not seen Venom, Let There Be Carnage, there's a post credit sequence where uh, J. Jonah Jameson is on the news and he's talking about Spider-Man's identity being revealed. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding Did you. Did Marvel, like, poop their pants over that? Well, I'm sure it's it's planned. Is You're saying in Carnage. Yes. So what, but that's not, that's not part of the universe technically. So what I'm saying is that means that, that Venom is a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now. Oh, okay. So, um... So that means we have to cover those movies. You kidding me, man? I don't want to watch them. And that would that would mean Morbius as well. But it doesn't have to. 
Well, here is what I was... I mean, let's have this conversation on Mike. That's why I wanted to do it. So, clearly, this is like a planned thing, and, you know... How planned is it, though? Well, I'm I'm just saying... This feels like a slapping on just because it made a lot of money last weekend, which I know they no, had that, to plan that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I really well, don't want to do it, so... <laughs> well, no, I think it's just like um like a fun thing, like, hey, guess what, guys? You guys didn't think that we'd work this to get out, but guess what? We did, and now Venom's going to be in the MCU. Okay. So, what I propose is this, though, and then we can talk about it, is we have, like, this stellar schedule lined up, and we're scheduled out to, like, July, and we just, we have this down pat, I would say. We, we have it with every new release, and we're leading up to certain releases and stuff, and so I don't want to mess that up by inserting the Venom movies and Morbius. So, what I think is... We get through our schedule, and maybe, like, in a year from now, we do a little, like, here's the Sony Spider-Mans mm-hmm. and get caught up. Yeah. Because the other thing is, with this new, like, with the new Spider-Man movie and how it's supposed to be, like, a multiverse and stuff, I don't know if we're going to say, hey, let's, you know, cover these other movies. or Multiverse, I think we have to put our foot down on a, a few things otherwise we'll never we have cover to talk any about movies things that are not superheroes <laughs> at some point <laughs> i know we need to talk about bill and ted and ted um so that's the big news what what did you think of that did were you glad i saved it for the mic yeah oh that was the thing that you mentioned yep it was yeah it's more just i don't feel like it it's nothing against venom yeah i've heard that the first one's fun mm-hmm. and i've heard this one seems to be like not as good but fun still yeah Love that it's an hour and a half the second one i think the first one's like an hour 40 too That's, so i love that and of course i like tom hardy i'm just tired i'm tired yeah. so let's hold it let's procrast procrastinate on this part of it well it it's still it's that thing like um when you know hearing all those rumors about the flash movie and you know like michael keaton's in it and stuff like that and yeah. as as a podcast that covers these series, it's like, okay, you're really blurring the line on what the series is. Yeah. So the OCD in my head is kind of like, but does that mean we have to cover every single Marvel release ever? Is that what they're doing? Or Yeah. Tad is staring at me in the eyes. I have to pick him up. <laughs> okay, pick up the cat. And uh, then we'll transition right to Bill and Ted. Okay. So uh, this movie was very surprising to me because this is like a, a pretty cult hit. I, I assumed that this was like a pretty big movie. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing research, there was like nothing about the making of this movie. Interesting. I mean, it, it was you weird. You find the production designer? I Oh, was I supposed to do that? No, I never said it. Okay. I'm just curious because I was very impressed. Yeah, I did not I, find I, the, I, the production designer. Um, but I, So I, I got a few notes, but I mean, this is going to be really short. So, uh, it's directed by Pete Hewitt. Who is different? Yes, this is different. And this is wow. his first movie. And it worked? And it worked. What, is it, what well, do you like, mean? Well, like, his first movie is a sequel, which is always, like, a, a, a rough start a lot of the times for directors. Yeah. Because it's not their original vision. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he did it. He nailed it. He did Yeah, I guess job. you're right. Because you're thinking, like, James Cameron... Uh, doing piranha 2 and and uh 
David Fincher do an Alien 3. Yeah, and I haven't seen those movies and I don't know too much. But that's just, you know what, I you know, you hear like Fincher did Aliens. Alien 3. Alien 3 and was like, I'm not doing a franchise thing ever again. Right. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, so, but good job, dude. You knocked it out of the park. Good job, duder. He did, um, he Made also did. Made a most did... excellent movie. <laughs> he did uh, The Borrowers. Have you seen that movie? Who's in it? Um, let me look. It, the name sounds familiar. It's got it's got John Goodman. Yeah, and there's a bunch of like tiny people that live in his house. <laughs> Their space is your place. No. The screen's smallest heroes in the year's biggest adventure. No. <laughs> so he did that, and then wait, when was that? Ah, dang it! I just oh, got he did out of Home it. Alone, Holiday Heist. He did the Garfield movie. Oh wait. Yeah, he did the Garfield movie. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're. That's that's what I was gonna say. Okay, let's look at this. This seems familiar. I might have seen this. It has George Weasley in it. It has Tom Felton in it. That's Draco Malfoy. Oh, okay. I'm trying to see other pictures, but they're like no other pictures. Nah, maybe I haven't seen it. it looks like I missed out though. He's good poster. It is. It, well, it's it's. It's a poster. It's goofy. Yeah. But then he did, so he did another movie um, in addition to Garfield that I, I am having like a, I'm, I'm being like, I know this movie, but I, I also feel like I don't know anything about it. Kay. And it's a movie called Zoom. Yeah. What is that? And it's former superhero Jack, uh, played by Tim Allen, is called back to work to transform an unlikely group of ragtag kids into superheroes at a private academy. Yeah, I've seen that. You have? 100% have seen that. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I have two, but I can't. Chevy Chase and Courtney Cox. (laughs) I mean, this guy just directs goofy movies, not including everyone's favorite Disney character, Goofy. Yeah. But that has Kate Mara in it. I know. How weird is that? And it has the... um, Spencer Breslin, who is um, Abigail's brother, really famous child actor, including Abigail Breslin's brother. It's just weird. It was one of those things where I had like a wave of deja vu, but I could not figure out if I even saw this movie. Well, maybe this will jog your memory. I just saw a clip of Spencer Breslin at a public pool and he jumps off the diving board and his butt gets colossally big and he jumps into the pool and all of the water comes out of the pool. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Where did you see this at? It's just Oh, oh, on okay. The page. I, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got to watch this trailer now. She's so cute. Adore- I love that outfit. Just trying to live ordinary lives. Freak. Perhaps you'd like to finish Newton's equation? We've been tracking an object that seems to be moving towards our planet. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I saw that movie. I remember liking it as a kid. (laughs) I'm definitely not watching it again to find out. You really should, Jordan. I'm good. Um, Okay, so that's that's, uh, uh, Pete Hewitt. Okay. Screenplay is the same two guys, Chris and Ed. Uh, The cinematography is Oliver Wood. And this guy... Can, is very interesting, I thought, because he's got a ton of comedies and a ton of action movies. Oh. So he has, like, Equalizer, 
the first three Bourne movies, which kind of define how action movies are going to look for the next 20 years. Yeah. Uh, Safe House, Jack Reacher 2, but then he has like Talladega Nights. Oh, um, wow. And, and uh, I think like at least Anchorman 2. I don't know about Anchorman 1. Who's an Adam McKay guy? A little yeah. Bit. And he did Mr. Holland's Opus. So Who's that? That was that we talked about that last episode because okay. the director of okay okay uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure directed Mr. Holland's Opus okay uh, and then again it's the music by David Newman comes out July nineteenth nineteen ninety one and this movie has a twenty million dollar budget and what was the last one less less yeah uh, and I I could tell that there was a budget upgrade. oh yeah. Because even sets like like the police station looked way bigger. Yeah. And they were a little more, I guess, interesting looking. But I kind of liked the the ragtag nature of the first film. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't have even thought about it too much in the first film either. There were just more locations. Funny enough, I know the last one had a lot of locations too. But um, a, lot, a lot of those past locations in the first movie, I feel like, could just be anything that you have at a film studio to Absolutely, throw together. Absolutely, yeah. And this did feel a lot more intentional on unlike i mean they went to heaven and hell like they had yeah. to create their own version of it yeah um and so the this movie was supposed to be called uh bill and ted go to hell okay yeah but the studios were like no we can't release a movie with that title why not i don't know <laughs> okay um I kind of like Bogus Journey, though. I, I feel know, like I, it's more in theme. I do, too, because the last movie is just excellent adventure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it totally makes sense, but it, it, that's just funny. I do like Bill and Ted Go to Hell, though. Yeah. yeah that's pretty funny. Um, and this movie, so it, it only makes $37.5 million okay. on a $20 million budget, so it doesn't really make any money. Yeah. Um, and so that, and then, like, it's it's mixed with critics when it comes out. So the movie is sort of like, just does okay. But since then, you say it's got a cult following? Oh, yeah. Okay. This movie's a hit now. Oh, okay. Um, people love it. And I think a lot of people like this movie more than Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Just just by hearing certain people talk about it and looking on the people I follow in Letterboxd and stuff, it seems like people like the second movie more. Yeah. For the most part. If you remember, the previous movie comes out in 1989. They come out with a cartoon show in 1990. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, Keanu and Alex both voice the characters. Really? For the first season, when it's produced by Hanna-Barbera, but then when it goes to a different producer, they don't voice it then. Uh, the movie comes out in 91. This feels like a cartoon network. Like, yeah, I don't it's know if it was actually be. around at that time. It just feels, it feels like, like a cartoon network show. Although, I don't... Yeah. Well, Hanna-Barbera cartoons were on Cartoon Network, so that makes sense. And I think that's why I'm also thinking of it. Yeah. But in terms of the irreverence, it's just a little too irreverent for Nickelodeon. Well, I'm sure it was toned down quite a bit. Oh, but you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. There's There were a tier to cartoons to me as a kid. Absolutely. Disney was the purest. Nickelodeon was your, your middleman one where they yeah. had really goofy stuff. And then Cartoon Network had also really goofy, funny stuff, but kind of existential stuff too. Yeah, yeah. And then Adult Swim is like anything. Adult Swim, that you makes can't, sense. you're not allowed to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. And this, this feels like it's in line with like, there's like the Beetlejuice cartoon. Uh huh. 
um, which I think is around the same time. There's the Back to the Future cartoon. Which oh, I didn't know there was a cartoon of that. There was. The Beetlejuice one we would watch every once in a while, but it, and from my memory, there would be a time where we did watch maybe an episode or two, and then suddenly my mom wouldn't allow us to watch it anymore. So it's like my mom and the Simpsons. Yeah, but I don't know if that's true or not. That's just how I feel. Yeah. But yeah, you, you had those three, and th- these all feel like they're probably kind of the same kind of vibe. Yeah, definitely. All dealing with... Well, two of them dealing with time travel. And Beetlejuice, I don't know what that was like. I've never seen it. I remember like King the few that I saw as a kid. Yeah, is it just like people calling Beetlejuice to their... I oh my so. gosh, I've said it way too many times, Yeah, Jordan. you need to stop. But I think it is him helping. Yeah. Well, quotes, helping people. But um, Lydia is with him. Right. Yeah, we have a cell of that in this very room. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I hope they never make Beetlejuice two. That Tim Burton never makes it. No. That's his only project right now listed on IMDb, hmm. and it just won't have the magic, unless they go full well, on they, yeah. Bill and Ted bogus journey on it. Yeah, <laughs> they just need to give him so little money to make it. Yeah, it's what I think. And no, no CGI unless no. it's really like bad. It needs to be all stop motion. Well, unless and crazy unless effects. it just helps speed along production that they would need for for the stop motion stuff, you know, like like in a very understandable way. Yeah, but I hope they don't make it. Yeah. Um, Overall, hope they don't make it. Yeah. Uh, so this is also ninety one is is the year that we mark for Keanu since we're kind of covering Keanu more than these movies is. Uh, this is when he starts doing more adult roles. Okay. And he's in, because this year he's in this movie, My Own Private Idaho, which is uh, written by Gus Van Saint based on like, uh, Sant, b- based on Henry the Fifth plays or something like that. Oh, okay. Loosely based. And then he's in Point Break this year as well. Oh, got it. Yeah. So More adult roles? I'm not sure, but okay. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, so this the is movie's a cheese fest. Kind of like a demarcation point. Yeah. And then what's funny is next week we'll have to jump way ahead in his career. I know. But then the week after that we'll have we'll to jump way planks. back. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're filling it in. <laughs> um, and then it's also just worth noting that in 1991, Reeves developed an interest in his music career and he formed the alternative rock band Dog Star. I didn't know he had a band. And Reeves played bass guitar. Hmm. Does so, that make sense to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, have you seen this movie? It makes sense that yeah. they would play music. No, that he would play bass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... Have I, you... Oh, sorry. He. I mean, he is a star, but it, it would make sense that he'd be like, no, 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 I want to sit back here and play and, and you guys do your thing. Have you seen... Um, Have you heard his, that music? No, I haven't. Okay. Dog Star? Dog Star. Yeah. Okay. So that's... That's what we got. That's all I have on this movie. Is that crazy? Yeah. So, of course, we still have Keanu and Alex Winter. Um, And then we also have William Sadler, who plays the Grim Reaper. Um, He is in The Shawshank Redemption, Die Hard 2, The Mist, um, Rocket Man, uh, our cartoon president. The whole movie... I, I was just like, where? what do I know him from? And then you list like he, all these things. He's a ton of stuff, yeah. Um, he was my MVP for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Pam Greer 
plays Miss Wardrow. Um, she is Jackie Brown. I feel like we've actually maybe have covered her, but maybe we. I I just know we've talked about Jackie Brown on Patreon. We have okay. So, but she the is... only way people can hear about that is going to Patreon.com/slash Micah McCaw. Link in the show notes. Yes. So yeah, she's Jackie Brown. Also, Ghosts of Mars, Mars Attacks. Wow. She really likes hanging out on Mars. She's in <laughs> This Is Us, Being Rose, and so much more. Yeah. Um, Joss Ackland plays Dave Namolos, the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is in The Hunt for Red October. Have you seen that movie? I I have not. Okay, me neither. But uh, I need watch. to, and my dad has it. Yeah. That's the, the one that Patrick Williams talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, he's also in Lethal Weapon 2, Watership Down, um, and, I mean, a ton of stuff. Lethal Weapon 2, yes, he is the, yeah, okay, I'm connecting dots. For you, Rebecca, uh, he's the guy who uh, is the diplomat, hmm. and now now that connected quite a few dots for me. You're welcome. Can I say something about him? Uh, so his name, his villain name, is the screenwriter Ed Solomon's name backward. Oh, okay. Um, and then what's funny is, so when I was trying to look up production for this movie, I found like a, a Screen Rant article that said like 10 things about Bill and Ted that you don't know. And for him, th this kind of like, quote, journalism stuff just drives me nuts. It said, um, what was the actor's name? Um, Joss Ackland. Joss Ackland uh, did Bill and Ted because he lost a bet f in the family, in his family. It was like, well, what was the bet? Yeah. What? And that was like the whole thing. That was it? No explanation? Yeah. And I'm like, well, that probably do, do didn't happen. Do your job happen. and find out why <laughs> yeah, it's like, true. That, they probably just found it on the IMDb trivia. Yeah. Um, Amy Stock, I don't know if we talked about her in the last one. She plays Missy, a.k.a. the stepmom. So she's in these movies as well as Summer School, Mr. Student, Body President, The Last Course, Amber Rose. Um, and then I don't think we also talked, we didn't talk about the girls either, the girlfriends. No. Um, Annette, as... as the historical babes. Cui, hmm, plays Elizabeth. Um, she is one of the historical babes. She is in American Horror Story as Soccer Mom. Uh, <laughs> she is also in Never Say Never, Awake to Danger, Wild Oats, and Sinatra. Not a lot of stuff. And then Sarah Trigger plays Joanna, and she is in Deadfall, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, PCU, CSI Miami, Family Law. There okay. You Can I get um another another round of housekeeping for our podcast months and months and months ago we talked about Macaulay Culkin i don't know in what episode i think it was when we still lived in our apartment and we said oh my gosh he's going to be an american horror story i don't even care we have to watch that season can we update our audience on that and can you yeah i haven't watched it and why not it looks bad <laughs> and it looks like something I don't want to spend my time watching. <laughs> and I don't know anyone who watches it anymore to tell me if it's yeah. worth it. So I'm going to pass this time. And well, so, and then I want to tell another funny little anecdote. We, so 
American Horror Story released like another show this American year. American Horror Stories. Yeah. And the whole idea was it, it was They're like kind of revisiting each season, I think, and each episode or each few episodes it's different story. Yeah, so like the first episode is them going back to the house in the first season. Mm-hmm. And so we started watching it and we're just waiting for Macaulay. And I think we watched 20 minutes. Well, and no, no, no. We didn't get that far. We, I mean, we got like five minutes and maybe we were like, let's just make sure he's in this. Yes. And we found out, no, he's not in it. Okay, that's fine. Let's just see what this is. And but we, we were we couldn't finish. We it. were still under the. Imp- I was under the impression that that this was like a season, and he was going to be in it at some point. Yeah, me too. So it was like, okay, we got to watch this. Maybe he pops up in the next episode. Yeah, I didn't realize it was, it was a contained episode. Well, we did find out episode one. Yeah, and so we're just watching it, and it's just like it sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it, it sucked bad. so bad, and so we just turned it off and watched. I don't know something better. What we do in the shadows or something. Yeah. Um, so that's a little update. You know, I know that there are you loyal listeners out there who have your notebook and you you see things that we talk about and you write them down and then you go, oh, they followed up on it. Let me go back three pages and cross that off the list of, of threads that are loose. Yeah. We're also about to get our Colkin fix anyway because of the, the newest succession season coming out. Oh, yes. So- Different Colkin, but... Maybe our favorite? Definitely mm-hmm. our favorite. Mm-hmm. And... Also, we're going to talk about Rory Culkin. Well, we well, already we did. have. We did, so... But we have it. Yeah. In Scream 4. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we got that tied up in a nice bow. Now let's open the box uh, and let's talk about Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Okay. Well, here we are, folks. It's the Christmas season, and that means I'm putting on another Christmas show on my YouTube, much like I did last year. This year, it's December 11th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, will be the premiere of Christmas at the Movies. Five of the songs are going to be available for everyone, and five of the songs are only going to be available to patrons of any tier. And we have some wonderful guests this year. We got Jacob and Sherea Summers, Brett Levick, Troy Thompson, Josiah Oliveira, Johnny Gerson, Evan Coons, Noah Cunningham, Aaron Fagan, Richard Bokish, Stephen Nance, Lauren Panter, Anna Marcoux, Reed Campbell, Chris Heisner, Jeremy Eden and his puppets. And also, of course, I'll be there. So mark your calendar, be there at the premiere December 11th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Be there in the comments. Go to patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. Get the entire concert. It is, I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm still editing it, but it is unbelievably cool, and I think we topped last year. So get ready for Christmas at the Movies. So the, 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 the movie begins... And we, it is like a Terminator intro. Yeah. And you can see the production budget is just like way higher. Yeah. And we see. Um, I got to know how much money they spent on costumes. <laughs> well, yeah. What, what I love about the costumes though is they all, they look like things you could go to Home Depot and buy all of the I, supplies. I feel like they were making a joke about sci-fi 
absolutely and how sometimes it becomes so ridiculous the the fashion (laughs) that people come up with because this was among the weirdest funniest stupidest costumes i've ever seen it, it, it looked like a lot of foam on people. They were wearing shoes like when you go to Disneyland and you buy Mickey Mouse slippers that are shaped into his <laughs> yeah, shoes, yeah. and you're and then you buy them and you 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 take them home after your trip, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm gonna wear these slippers, and then you're like, I can't walk in these. This is so impractical. Yeah, it, it looked like everyone was wearing moon shoes. Yeah, like the little bouncy. But they shoes. were so big, and obviously, like there was so much room in them that people were having such a hard time walking. <laughs> It was great. But the the first thing that happens is we see the villain and the camera scrolls out and it it just feels like right away they're they're just like riffing on Terminator uh-huh. cuz it just very much felt like the beginning of Terminator like the lighting, even their costumes, all that fog. All the fog and, and the backlighting. And he's he's saying like, you know, he he doesn't like Bill and Ted and he he says some quote about like no more will there be air guitars and there yeah. will be a order in a different way, which I mean right away I'm going yeah let's go yeah give it to me then we cut to Bill and Ted University yeah with a statue of Bill and Ted saying and it says be excellent, be excellent. to each other party on yep party on dude I think it's party on okay I think um yeah it's just a utopia. there and so people are going to school and the school consists of them bringing people from history both past and future i know um into their classrooms to teach them about history and it's just that's it that's what that's how they're taught but it seems to be exclusively about music i guess that's true which is hilarious um, the the martin something is like what band he's in uh no I I wasn't okay maybe I'll just oh no no I got it um Jim Martin because George Carlin shows up and he's teaching the class and he brings in Thomas Edison Johann Sebastian Bach and then someone from the band Faith No More and that's who you're talking about okay and then he brings in this girl from the future and he's like you know of course who who created the sonar lunar electro chroniton cyborg flyness dobish yeah <laughs> yeah i know and it's just like okay yeah. we're we're in it these yeah. guys this is the same writers and, as and the first movie everyone is just like you know this is normal uh-huh and the people who are being transported from history just don't they, they seem about as perplexed as the last movie which is not very much yeah a lot but not too much which i just love and then they they uh Nomalos comes in and takes over the school, takes over everybody, and he has Bill and Ted robots that he's going to send to the past to get rid of them and make sure that this never happens. Which, again, very Terminator. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And this, too, it's like, oh, they had a budget. Because the effects were really cool, I thought. Like when they took their masks or yeah. their faces off, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really cool, and they li- they t- they lift up their shirts so often in this movie <laughs> to reveal their wire insides. Yeah. Um, it's great, and and it's fun because it's kind of like, wait, you're telling me we're gonna get two Bill and Ted's in this movie? Uh, yeah, and Bill and, and Ted squared. Yeah, and two of them are gonna be like, I, I like the idea that they're evil robots. But they're they're not even really the opposite of Bill and Ted. They're just the same, except for they're just going to kill Bill and Ted. Which is how it should be. 
If it, that's the master plan to make it go I know. right. It's just so funny instead of it being like a bizarro version of them yeah. that that like have their act together. Yeah, yeah, whatever. like yeah. that seems like the easy way to go, but yeah. they just go, "No, no, no, they're the same as Bill and Ted. Yeah. They just say things like excellent but evil." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's funny. And I love that uh Dave Nomalos has a book already published about him yeah, that yeah. is going to become the new curriculum. Like yeah. he just has it. Yeah. Um, and that this is what's going to be taught from here on out. So Bill and Ted are put into the time machine phone booth thing to be transported back. And right before this happens, George Carlin gets a guitar I know, I know. and throws it on top of the, the phone booth. <laughs> And like he like lassos it, which I thought he was gonna like shoot at them. Me too. With the guitar, but no, it was like a grappling hook. <laughs> yeah. And he goes in after them, holding on to an a little ox. Yes. Like quarter inch cable. And and we don't see him for the rest of the movie until until that, the end of the movie. That was such an unbelievable, like, it's it it, it at the end when you find out who he was. It definitely reeks of, hey, this actor wasn't available. Yeah. So he was only available for like one week, maybe. And not like he wasn't a ton of the first one, but yeah. yeah. But like because this movie's so gonzo and crazy, it actually feels like that is how they wrote it. Uh huh. You know what I'm uh -huh. saying? Yeah. And George Carlin was like, cool. All right. I guess I just don't have to show up as much this I, time. I know. It's so good. So. So they go back to the Circle K. Yes. Oh, well, maybe we should go cut to Bill and Ted. Yeah, Bill and Ted, regular Bill and Ted, are trying to, tr they're doing tryouts for this Battle of the Bands to win 25 grand, and they they're, suck. They're still bad at music. They don't know how to play still. The, what's funny <laughs> is the their girlfriends have learned, who are the historical babes from the last movie. Yeah. They have learned how to play drums and keys. So they're great. Yeah. That, that's even mentioned that they're great. Yeah. It's Bill and Ted. Who are very bad. And then Pam Greer's basically like, I can't let you do this. Yeah. But we'll give you one more shot. Yeah. Basically. I shouldn't, but I'm going to. Or, yeah, that's right. That's right. But they have to, you know, they need to like learn before the show tonight. Is the show tonight? No, it's like tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then um But they it's it's their it's their girlfriend's birthdays. Yeah. So they have to like go <laughs> celebrate at their it's like they have they have a party for them and it's like their 521st birthday. Yeah. So it, it it so already, you know, like I think we've had the normal amount of craziness that was experienced in the first movie. Uh-huh. But then now we have this party for the historical babes. Now we're like on the cusp of like this might get even crazier than the first movie. Yeah. And like at this party, we see uh, Missy, who's now married to Ted's dad. dad. Yeah, and we see Bill's dad is like decrepit because he's decrepit. You mean depressed? Yeah. Well, he's like he like has a bunch. He looks he like does an not old. Look good. Yeah. He looks terrible. Yeah. Decrepit. One I mean, might that's say. an interesting word to use, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Am I like not allowed to say that word anymore? No, no, it's not that. It's just like I would describe that as a very old person, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a middle-aged man. Um, so, yeah, and then the the guy from the military camp oh. in Alaska who was like creepy, good, very good creepy casting. Yeah, he freaks me. Like he he got um 
He's got a past that he's been trying desperately to cover up for the past 30 years of his life kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and will absolutely be exposed soon or upon his death kind of situation. And um, I mean, this guy's getting canceled if he comes out in 2020. That's what I'm saying. So you know? he is telling all four of them, Bill, Ted, and their girlfriends, that they they can Like, come it's never to too late to come to military school. Um. And then, and then after that, this is when they decide to propose to Elizabeth and Joanna. And this is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Uh huh. Because Bill and Ted are sitting there, and then they say, you know, at the same time they say, like, "Can you give me space?" And then they spread out, but they're still they're, they only move over like one seat, so there's uh -huh. two seats in between Bill and Ted. So Bill's with his girl, Ted's with his girl. Uh huh. And they bend down on a knee, and <laughs> it's just like, it's just a crazy joke. Uh -huh. Because they they tell, they, they propose. They have a speech written. Yeah, they have a speech they written. They both wrote a speech. But they wrote the speeches independently. But they're basically the same speech. They're, they're like exactly the same bullet points, uh -huh. but then, then they say like slightly different things. Uh-huh. Like they're so in tune with each other that they independently wrote the it. same speech. But what's hilarious is, like they say something like, "Um, you know, your love makes me feel like a blowfish." Which actually, a blowfish, yada yada yada. Yeah. Like get a fact wrong. Meanwhile, yeah. the other person said something and got a fact wrong at the same point in the same speech. Yeah. It was a little bit mind-blowing that someone wrote that joke. I know. It's good. <laughs> it's very funny. And they give them, like, plastic rings that you got you get from a vending machine for 25 cents. Yeah. As their engagement rings. And the girls say, and Joanna Elizabeth say yes. They do. And you find out a little bit later, and I just think this is so funny because it makes so much sense. Our girlfriends are most chased. They're most chased. <laughs> so, like, they, they have not slept with their girlfriends, and obviously they're... A little, a little bummed about it. And it's just so funny because it is like they're from medieval times. Like they would not yeah. do that probably. Yeah. So it's a it's, pretty, it's a pretty great detail. And I think it's also funny that, you know, they've been dating Joanne Elizabeth for a little bit now and they're probably like, I guess like it's time to get married. They probably like, we need to get married to them. Like it's, we're ready for that. And they're, they're, I think they're waiting. They're just waiting for us. Like we can't <laughs> lose them. Yeah. Just funny stuff. And so um, then they're they're at their apartment, Bill and Ted, and they get a phone call from their girlfriends, and the girlfriends say, "We don't want to see you again. We hate you guys." Uh huh. Pretty so, immediately after they leave. Yeah, and they're like, "What the heck?" And then it cuts to the Circle K, and that's where evil Bill and Ted are, and you know they can modulate their voices to emulate like robots. Yeah. And so then. Evil Bill and Ted, this is going to get so convoluted, guys. So if you didn't watch the movie, I pray you can keep up. This is going to be like explaining Terminator Genesis to someone who hasn't <laughs> yeah. watched it, except this movie's good. Uh, evil Bill and Ted show up to Bill and Ted's, and they you know, are kind of like... Well, they're not super surprised to see them because yeah. of the last movie. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's us. Great, they're, that, that means they're here to help us. Yeah, Bill seems to be like right on board, and then Keanu's kind of going, well... This seems wrong. Something seems off, and then, you know, he says, how many fingers am I about to hold up? And then... He's like, three, dude. And they're he's like, like, oh, okay. yeah. 
So that was enough for them. Yeah. And there are some parts, some, some moments in this part of the movie when they're with their doubles where you can clearly see I know. another actor's face on one of them because that's how they shot it. Yeah. And it's just so funny. I lo- uh, yeah. Well, because most of the time they're just doing classic like split screen stuff. And most of the time I think this all works great. Oh, yeah. There are just a couple instances instances of, no, 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 that's a different person. You can pause it and see yeah. that person's face. Well, and, and the person who's doubling Keanu just doesn't even have the same like mannerisms at all. Like no. even even when they're walking up um uh-huh. that that uh, cliff. That cliff, like you can be like, "Oh, that guy, even though it's way too far away, you're like, that's not Keanu Reeves." Yeah. That guy, he doesn't walk like Keanu. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I, I don't know. Re- he doesn't walk like Ted. Right. Now, I don't know about Keanu in other movies, but he he walks a specific way in this. Have you noticed that? Like, I think it's his left foot kind of... Uh, yeah, they both do. ...is pointed inward. I don't... Okay. Yeah. I mean, they both do. Because they're... Oh, they're the, the acting is so over the top. Bill does as well? I'm sure. Wow. Yeah. That's just a... It's a fun touch. Every, everything is, uh, like, a joke yeah. in what they do, down to even that. Right. Um, so, the evil Bill and Ted take them to this cliff... Well, so their girlfriends went out to the desert, and they're going to take them out there and help them figure this all out and reconcile. Right. And they're like, okay, fine. And as they're going, they're in the van, and uh, their doubles tell them to shut up. And they're just like, I got to make sure that I'm nicer in the future (laughs) and not be such a dick. Yeah. Um, Okay, explicit tag on this one. Gosh. So they they get to the desert. Their doubles bring them up to a cliff. They tell them that they're going to kill them. So they're at the cliff. And evil Bill and Ted throw our heroes over the edge mm-hmm. and, and kill they them. Fall to their deaths, and they die. And ha- being someone who didn't know, hadn't seen, hasn't seen this movie, this is my first time. It's like, oh, that's what we're doing with this. They're yeah. they're dead. I could never have guessed. Yeah, that this was the outcome. Great. Yeah. So then the Grim Reaper shows up. And they have him. Well, well first of all, I, I think I, I like what they did when they are up from their bodies. They're ghosts now. Yeah. And everything is blue and white, and they're they're obviously like painted a blue uh-huh. to look ghostly. I think it looks good. Yeah. I think it's a fun choice. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff with like the doubling of the actors and the way they did the ghost stuff that. Today, I think they would have relied much more on CG effects. Yeah, and I and there's CG in this, and there, some of it looks really bad, but I think it's fun looking. Yeah. Um, and but but there's just some stuff where it's like I like the practicality of just like painting someone blue, kind of yeah, and then just being like, see, they're a ghost. Yeah, that, that's just kind of refreshing than being like, okay, we got to make sure they're like translucent and. Maybe we'll put, you no, know. No, they just look like they don't have blood yeah. anymore in their bodies. Yeah, and then the other actors will just pretend they can't see them. Easy. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, Death shows up. Uh-huh. Or, or, yeah, Death, Grim Reaper. Love, love, love his makeup, too, even though it's pretty simple. Um, but he's got the, is it called a scythe? Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's a reaper. Like a. Oh, that's what it's called? Isn't it? I don't know. No, I, I think it is a scythe. You're right. Um, yeah. So 
they see him and he says, I'm death. You guys are dead. Right. And he's going to take them yeah. to where they need to go. And they're like, but wait, 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 hold on. Like, is there a way out of this? Like, can we, we got to like go save our, our babes. Like, what can we do? We don't want to be dead. And he said that they can play him in a game, but no one's ever won. Yes. And instead they give him a Melvin, which I have never heard of before. Yeah. Only only 80s kids would know. So it looked like a front wedgie. Yes. But later he does it to someone and he does it in the back and he Maybe says Melvin. Maybe it's a double wedgie. Maybe that's what it front is. Front and back. Well, because no, because they don't do it to the doubles. I think they're just calling wedgies Melvins. I'm I'm looking this up. Okay. Here we go. Okay, they did full Melvin, a wedgie, and a Melvin at the same time, a wedgie in the front and back. This is particularly uncomfortable for males and far worse a punishment slash bullying tactic than a mere wedgie itself. Hmm. Have you ever got a wedgie? No. I think I only have in jest, maybe. Oh, yeah. I feel like by the time we were kids and in school, wedgies weren't really a thing. Yeah. And to be called a Melvin is to be a geek. Ah. So geeks usually get wedgies. Yeah, okay. So they got full Melvin. (laughs) Basically a nerd, dweeb, geek, etc. Okay. So they, they Melvin death and they run off. And they go to the police station because they're like, we got to tell people that the other Bill and Ted's are not us. Yeah. And this is a great scene. It's so funny because Ted jumps he into... He possesses his dad. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, is this even going to work? And they're like, they worked in Exorcism 1 and 3. Yeah. Or the Exorcist 1 and 3. So they they he jumps in through his ear. And then the actor who's playing his dad is doing an amazing job. I know. Pretending that he's Ted. Yeah, he's great. And so now he's being possessed by Ted and he's telling the police force the situation. Yeah. They're and just staring just blankly. Staring, yeah, staring blankly. And then uh Bill, Bill jumps in the sergeant. Yeah. And same same thing, trying to back him up, but people are just still like, I don't get it. So they're like, We gotta go to find someone else. We gotta go find a different way. So they start running out of the police building and they're like, We can't go like this. Uh-huh. Oh, no, wait, before that, they're like, oh, donuts. And they just start stuffing their faces <laughs> with donuts. So then when they get outside and they jump out of their the, the guy's bodies, they just have donut sugar all over their faces and suits. Very funny. And then yeah. the sergeant looks to him and he's like, afternoon? Like nothing happened. <laughs> and then they show up at Missy's seance that she's having. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I found out the two, the two guys that are there are are Ed and Chris, the writers of the movie. Oh, cool. And then... It's so funny. It feels like this is what they do every Friday night or something. Yeah. Like, it's just they have a seance, and they're all talking about who they would like to contact. And most of it's just, like, historical figures they would like to contact. Right, right. Which is so funny. And Missy leads it. And it's like... It, it just seems so... And I don't know what it, what it was like in the early 90s, late 80s, but, like, were seances just kind of a thing? I know Ouija boards were popular, but, like, was this a thing? Because that's funny. Probably to some degree, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it probably happens even today to some degree, but... But it's so funny. The the people that they chose that that they wanted to connect with was such a funny, random people. Like, 
One of the guys says Clark Gable, the uh-huh. star of Gone with the Wind. Uh-huh. What a strange person to choose. What do you have to talk to him about? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and there, there are several others. I, I forget what they are, but they were all like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then Bill and Ted are kind of going like, we're here. <sighs> we need help. Like, help us out and stuff. But then Missy is able to identify that it's them pretty quick. Yeah. And she starts. Uh, She's like, oh, no. Yeah. I have to get rid of this has to be over. So she recites something in Latin that like damns whatever the demon is back Which is, to where it comes from. Not, not to be this guy, but it, I believe the sentence is uh, uh, Chris and Ed rule the world backward is what they're saying. Really? The the two screenwriters. Oh, really? That's yeah. fun. I love that. <laughs> what do you mean not to be that guy? Just because of the, the fun fact. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, but anyway, so they do, they damn them and then they fall for so long yeah to the point where bill says you want to play 20 questions dude yeah yeah sure okay is it a mineral yeah i don't remember what it was though do you well, don't they just say like is it a rock i think <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and then they start screaming again uh-huh and then they finally land and they're in hell uh-huh Okay. A very interesting rendition of it, I gotta say. It it was. So they land like on a floating rock and they look across the landscape and there are all these rocks on chains. Yeah. And then it's as if one by one they're being pulled into this like dragon uh, iron contraption thing that's smashing the rocks. And on atop it is Satan. Yeah. Now Satan is wearing... Literally, you could see the seams of his costume. The latex which is suit or so the nylon. Funny. And they spray painted the abs on him. Yeah. The mask, though, looks good. They the did mask a is good great. job on the mask. But so so now it's like, okay, now I think we've officially surpassed the craziness of the first movie. And it was so funny, too, because they look over and I, wanna, I think Ted's like, who do you think that is? And Bill's like, who, do you, who else do you think it is? We gotta, how are we going to get his attention? <gasps> We're going to give him the sign. Yeah, they do like the rock, the yeah. rock sign. Yeah. And okay, so we have the base level, Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure level one craziness. Uh-huh. I think with the the police station and the robots, we're at level two. We've just entered level three. Yeah, because we're in hell. Yeah, and so then they get they get put into. Like, like the devil brings them toward him and drops them down. This. They like ask, can you get us out of here? Yeah. And they say something like, you get a pretty bad rap downstairs or upstairs, man. Like you were pretty nice to us and pretty chill. We're going to make sure people know that about yeah, you. Yeah. And then he just like drops them further into hell, yeah. like their own personal hell. <laughs> and this idea for hell, pretty cool. Kind of a refreshing idea. Yeah. Like yeah. as far as like, if you're going to make a movie, I mean, th- this is sometimes what's a bummer is when, you know, someone has like a gonzo idea like this and then they just do like what you know as the things. Yeah. But they they kind of, Chris and Ed like they they take it a little bit further and they they kind of explore it a little bit. It, it it's not the same thing, but it just kind of reminds me of dare I say the name again, Beetlejuice when yeah. uh they when our protagonists die and they go to like this really boring government kind of building to just try and figure out what they need to do in the afterlife so refreshing yeah so and cool. it's just like this is so funny yeah and so and everyone yeah well we're not talking about that movie but <laughs> yeah okay go ahead so then they they go into different rooms 
And when they go into the room, it's like a memory or something that could happen because they go to the army sergeant one. And then that's like, like you get to choose which personal hell you want to live in. Yeah. I don't know if it's about want. I think that's just your only options. It, no, but I mean like, like, cause I, I think death says later, like you better choose where you, which one you want to spend the eternity in. Yeah, that's true. So, um, they split up. And yeah. Bill jumps into one of them, and he is a child. And Very Ted creepy. jumps into another one, and he is also a child. Like, whoa, that's yeah. crazy. And Bill seems to be at like a family birthday party for his grandma. And this, the, all that, all okay. I should just say too, like when we were watching this, I was like, oh, I could not handle this as a kid. Yeah, this would scare me too much as a kid. Well, now we're getting into like Terry Gilliam zone. Yes, it's like where very this sequence so. is going. It feels like either Terry Gilliam directed or designed this part of the movie or Tim Burton did. Yeah. Or both. I don't know. They collaborated. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Bill's at his like gross grandma's birthday party. And then Ted steals his brother's Easter basket and the Easter bunny starts chasing him. And, and the Easter bunny's scary. Yeah. And the grandma's scary the too. The grandma is so scary and she's trying to get him to kiss her. Yeah. And she's, oh gosh, it's so gross. And then do they go into another one or with that? They just come back together. Well, they come back together and then that's when death catches up to them. Yeah. And he says, you got to choose, you know, that's and then right. they go, okay, we'll play you. Yeah. And then it hard cuts to them playing. And they're like, and you hear Death say, J-10. Miss. They're playing Battleship. Mm -hmm. Now, what's crazy is, in case you're unfamiliar, dear listeners, there's a movie directed by Ingmar Bergman called The Seventh Seal. And it is a extremely famous movie. And in that movie, there is a character named Death who is basically identical in costume to this version of Have death. Have you seen this movie? Yes. And there is a knight that plays death a game of chess as he is going to die. And if he beats chess, you know, or if he beats death, he will live. Yeah. But, alas, he does not because nobody beats death. Oh, this movie seems rough. Good movie. Is it rough? Uh, I, I, I think I was... A little too young to really grapple with it, but oh, okay. I mean, it's a good movie. Yeah, I I, I want to watch meaning, it again. Just like the subject matter, heavy. Yeah, um, I think I would think it's heavy watching it now. Yeah, more than then. Um, but I mean, that is like that's a movie that's on like any any list of movies of like top movies. That yeah. movie's going to be on there. It's yeah. very influential. So. As a viewer, you're sort of primed to think like they're gonna play, you know, death in a really interesting game. It'll be chess or it'll be, you know, like a gentleman's game or something, but it cuts to battleship. And they And if you thought that was funny, so they beat him. They beat him. And, and he, he says best two out of three. Yeah. So then they play Risk. They play Clue. Oh, Clue, 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 Clue. And they beat him again. Then they play and like he's kind of trying to cheat. Yeah, because he's so he's such a sore loser. Yeah, he's being like, no, dude, you know that we won, and yeah. you know, like it's time. And he's just like five out of seven. Yeah. But then they play Twister. They play like a football game. Oh, electric football. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then they're like, because they beat him again, and they're like, best five out of seven. That's what it was. Yeah. 
Then they play Twister. They beat him again. And that's it. Like he finally concedes. Yeah. And they're, they're It's just that is too funny. What a oh, great I bit. Know. And the 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 actor is doing just such a He's so committed. Great job. Yeah, very committed. And so then basically they they and much like the first movie, it's like, okay, this is what you decided to do. They say, okay, the only way we're gonna beat these robots is if we make robots that are better. That's their solution to this. So they need to find someone who can make a robot that's better because they can't do it. Yeah, so so they're <laughs> what? so the the deal they made with death is like if you beat him, he he will let take you back to your body. Uh-huh. Not only that though, they're like, Can you take us to someone who can help us? And he yeah. has to do it. Yeah. So he takes him to God. He takes him to heaven. And so he but all he can seem to do is get them there. Yeah. Because they get to heaven. And it's also this being it's it's a little bit like what is always kind of portrayed, white clouds, very bright. Yeah. However, it does feel like such a refreshing version of heaven that I've yeah. never seen in a movie. Um I and there's a lot of shirtless men that are walking into heaven. Men, a lot of athletes, actually. <laughs> yeah. But I like that they use, I don't know, purple was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, but they show up and there are people there to greet them. But they know that they, they're they not supposed to be here. Uh-huh. So they mug some other <laughs> people who do deserve to be here, put on their clothes, get in. Yeah. And, and then they, that guy says, what is the meaning of life? Yeah. And they quote... Um, Every rose has its thorn. The 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 um It's Sting or No, not Sting. A... Um Oh my gosh. I've seen this band. The police? Uh, poison. poison. The poison song. Uh yeah, they quote that song. Yeah. And he just seems kind of confused. Also, in the previous scene, they do say uh don't fear the reaper, which is funny. Oh yeah. Quoting that song. Um and then they see God. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we we really need, you know, someone who can build a better robot. And he takes them to, um, well, like he sends down this like plate. Yeah, that's basically, it's like a map to finding station, which is station, a, yeah, a being. Yeah, and I, is that really all that was? I guess you're because right. They didn't yeah, need it after that, right? That like made it doesn't really make sense, but it doesn't. We're not needing it to make sense. But but we're still on level three of crazy, I think. You yeah. know, hell, heaven, okay. Oh, no. We're, we're level In three. In seconds, though, we're getting to four. And, yeah, right about here, we we surpassed the threshold. And this is when, I think this moment, I was like, okay, I think I like this one more than the second one. Yeah. Or the first one. Because n- now we're in, like, okay, this is crazy. Because they walk into heaven, and there's these two alien creatures, clearly people inside of, a, a like, a rubber suit, with, well, don't downplay it like that. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it. It's two aliens, and they look freaking awesome. They remind they, me of the very sage and wise creatures in Dark Crystal. Yeah. But, like, babies? Yeah, the uh, Skeksis. I thought those were the bad guys. Oh, is that what not what you're talking about? Oh, the, oh, the other ones. The, oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, they remind me of them, but their eyes are way too big. Their teeth are, like, way too visible. And they have They're, huge like huge butts huge like so big that you know that that's how they got into the costume like that's where it opens yeah i love it and when they walk up to him so that's crazy yeah that we're at level four right there but to top it all off they're playing charades with people in heaven 
They're, that's what they're doing. I also, well, this is what I also love too, that this movie posits. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, there are many people on earth who believe in aliens. Uh-huh. And as someone who does not want to just completely close my mind off to something like that, I have always wondered, like, but what does that mean for their salvation? Yes. Like, like what, what, how does that look? I am just a simple-minded human person. I uh-huh. don't, I don't think too far ahead. But on these those are things. things you contemplate. But I've just thought about them before, like hearing other people's theories. Yes. And this yeah. movie posits all beings, you have, you know, have access, de- deserve yeah. to yeah. be in heaven and have access to it. And I think that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so they meet Station, and they ask the two creatures to build them a robot. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to Earth, right? Yeah. And um, and they're very mu- very willing. Yes, and I said I described them as they're like moles with butts. Yeah. <laughs> and then they they go to they need to go to a hardware store. They go to like a Home Depot. It's just so funny to go from like alien beings to okay, we need to go to a hardware store to build these robots. I thought it was so funny too that when they come back to their bodies. Um, Ted is like, oh, I think a like a crow had been pecking my head, and then Bill pulls a worm out of his ear, and he's like, lunch is over, buddy. Like they've just been dead forever. How long they've been dead? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, and so then, and this this was my you know in the last movie when they showed up in the future and everyone came around and played air guitars and I started laughing. Mm-hmm. This was the la- LOL for me. They they get there. And, you know, they gather all the supplies, and then it's like, Station, you need to make this robot. And Station's like, okay. And the two creatures are on the, are in the parking lot. And they and start, they, like, like they doing, run toward what each is that other. called when you do this? Yeah, they're, like, scuffing their feet like yeah. bulls. Yeah. And then they run at each other, they jump in the air, and then they combine into one creature, and that is Station. And it's gross and awesome. I and it, there's even it. bigger butt on this one. And they talk about this one's butt. They, they tell him he has a nice butt. Yeah. And it makes Death uh, uh, self-conscious about his butt. Yeah. Also, so uh, Death mean, becomes self-conscious about his role from here on out. It's kind of funny because yes. it's like, what is Death doing here at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I think know. it's just like, I got to see how this plays out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. Um, meanwhile, while this is all happening, uh-huh. the evil Bill and Ted are like terrorizing the girlfriends, make them uh, break up with them. And then they're, I just think it's funny that they're like, let's now let's trash this apartment. And it's like, this apartment was already trash. Yeah. But they And then they play basketball with their heads. Very funny. For I a love while. I love the effects here too. Yeah. It's so great. And uh, so I I think too, I mean when station combines into one being, I think even though we've only been in level 4 for like 3 minutes, we got to go to level 5 insanity. I almost feel like we're now in level 11. They turned it up to 11. Oh, like they skipped levels? Yeah. Well, when that happened, it's crazy. So, so he builds robots as they're driving you to. Were, you were laughing so hard at the montage of him building robots. Oh my which gosh! I was too, but oh it was, my gosh. This is one of the funniest parts of the movie. Because it's just how are people not? How are how did people? How did they not sell enough tickets? Because word of mouth alone, people get out of the theater and are telling people there is this alien thing, and I can't describe it much further than that. <laughs> who builds robots in the back of a van? 
Well, you know, it could be a case of releasing in the wrong time of year, or just think of like, like think about our parents, who who we love. But do you think like when this came out, our parents would have seen it and been like, "Oh, that's a good movie." Like you have to be a, a like this is for a specific audience, and I if guess. if you're not into this sort of thing. This is this is like a nightmare of a movie for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you don't have to always be a certain moviegoer. I mean, we recently just covered The Godfather, and now we're talking about Bill and Ted. No, I know. I know. I, this movie actually makes so much sense to me that this was not popular then, and it's since gained popularity. Okay. Don't you think? Kind of. In terms of gaining popularity today, it makes sense because absurdist comedy is like a thing now. Yeah. It just, it just is. It's so out there. That it's just not necessarily like accessible for everyone. Yeah. But all that to say, Station is building the robot and it's just cutting back and forth with this rock music playing. And it's just, it, it, it's just so, the things he's doing are so simple, but they shoot it so, like, it's so intense. Mm-hmm. It's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Just hilarious. So then they show up at the Battle of the Bands and evil Bill and Ted are there. And and this is like the the best thing they did. The robots show up, and you know all of our characters are there. And then Evil Bill and Ted say, "Looks like we've met our match." And the robots punch them in the head, punch their heads off, and just like that, they've been neutralized. It's like they see it and they're like, "I respect that dude." It's like <laughs> at their even though they're robots programmed to be Evil Bill and Ted. They're still Bill and Ted. You still have to program them to be Bill yeah. and Ted. So when they see something like that, it's like, all right, dude, that's most excellent. Th- yeah. Take me. And I remember like right when that happened, Jordan, you said, I hope, I hope that that was it. And it was. Yeah. And, I mean, there's still more in the movie. And I, and I meant that in like, I hope it's just that easy. Yeah. And, and then, they, oh, and they say, catch you later, Bill and Ted. Cause earlier they yeah. had said, catch you later. They do that, and then Denomalos. De, de, de I have to think about Solomon Ed yeah. every time I think of it. Yeah, he comes out from the future, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna award a level six here. Okay, because he comes out, and they have a time travel war uh, face off. Yeah, th- that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, because they're like. Uh, you know, we just need to remember in the future to time travel and we'll put a sandbag right here. And the sandbag falls and it hits him. It drops his gun. Drops his gun. And then then they drop a cage on him. Mm-hmm. And then... Dis, 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 Denomalos. Denomalos. He's like, ah, but I have a key because I can travel in the future too. And he does it. And then... Um, then he grabs the gun and then when he shoots it, it pops out and it says wild stallions Uh rock. Uh And they're like, yeah, but we are the ones who won because we went back in the future and we did that to the gun. So that's it. And he gets taken away by police after like broadcasting to the world that he's like taking over. Uh huh. And then they play. It's just broadcast to the world. They're set. Yeah. And, this is where I'm going to award level seven craziness yeah. because then out of the time traveling telephone comes Bill and Ted from the future with babies on their back. Yes. Bill Jr., Ted Jr. And Bill looks like he's in ZZ Top 
and and Ted, Ed look Ted looks like he's in like Jane's Addiction or like okay. Metallica or something okay. like that. Um, and they come out because Bill and Ted, like our current timeline, still do not know how to play guitar. No, but this and they're like that they learn. Yeah, but it's just that hilarious circular. Oh thing. yeah, like the very first scene we saw of these characters in the previous movie, where where it's like we need to. Make a video so that we can get Eddie Van Halen, but we can't make the video without Eddie Van Halen. But we need to learn how to play guitar so that we can make the video. But we need and Eddie Van Halen to, to teach like, us. Wonder if they ever learn. I know. Which the next movie being called Face the Music, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Maybe they never learned. Yeah, that's true. And then they have to like learn how to play yeah. music. Finally, that's like the 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 cherry on top yeah. of this trilogy. So. Their older selves come out and play this huge set, this this song, and it's amazing. And like death is the bass are, player. Yep, but he's playing like a, he's playing a stand up bass. Stand up bass. Um, and then the the robots that they made are their backup are their dancers. Yeah, uh, Station plays the congas, I think. Yep. And, and Station is now two again. Yeah. And then I, I forgot. I don't know if I wrote. Um, oh, yeah. There there was somehow Rufus came out of Mrs. Wardrow. War, he Wardrow. was always Mrs. Wardrow. Because he let Wardrow. them in. He's like, who else would have let you guys in? And they're all like, oh. And that's so it. It goes to level seven. And then the credits do like. The credits do like Rolling Stones articles about wild stallions Their and like rise to success, how they are creating harmony within the world. They're achieving utopia. They're actually like stopping environmental issues <laughs> with their influence. Like like their music is like healing nature. And and Death is like one of the the fan favorites of the band so much so that he has his own solo career. But it bombs. But it bombs. <laughs> and at one point he's caught for like lip syncing or something. Yeah. And then he rejoins the then band. He rejoins the band. But then another funny one was when it was like split rumored for Bill and Ted. <laughs> and then it's like, no, guys, that's not true. And then a split stunt helps boost album sales or something. <laughs> like that. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's it. Yeah, I loved it. It was so good. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's really, I mean, what a wild ride. And we still have one other movie to cover that came out last year. Yeah. Because Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are such sweet and nice people that they would bless us with another Bill and Ted movie. I know. And and as we'll go over next week, uh, this has been something that those two guys have been trying to get off the ground for a long time. Oh, okay. So th it's just cool that I, I both of these guys are successful actors, and instead of going... You know, yeah, we were Bill and Ted, but I want to kind of pretend like that doesn't exist. They're just like, no, yeah, it's it's been uh, it thirty brings, years, and we're gonna put out a new one. They are being excellent to others. They're putting their own motto into practice and being excellent to us. And you know what? If that's not as a good a sign off, I I don't know what is. So be excellent to one another. Party on. <laughs>